0: There are a few common dysfunctional relationship patterns that cause the inevitable end of a relationship, or can I should say. One of these patterns is what I like to call the dupe pattern in relationships. This pattern is particularly hard to consciously recognize beyond that general feeling that you ended up in a relationship that you didn't sign up for. Potentially the exact opposite relationship that you signed up for. For that reason, I'm going to explain to you today, all about this pattern. The reality for so many of us, is that our needs were not well enough met in childhood. And most people can condense their unmet needs down to one core unmet need. When a need is not met for a child, this actually translates as a trauma within the personal system. Now this trauma, obviously, if you can't get a need met, is gonna cause a split in the consciousness. Essentially, your consciousness has to fragment in order to deal with the fact that on one side you need that need and on the other side you need to cope without getting it met. To understand more about this and about how consciousness splits and why, you can watch my video titled Fragmentation, the Worldwide Disease. As it applies to unmet needs in childhood, what happens is a split between the part of you that has that need, whatever that need is, and the part of you that figured out how to cope, and continue to function without the need getting met. Now, when you experience a core unmet need, that need's gonna go unmet several times throughout your childhood. It's not like it's just gonna crop up one time. So, usually when you're looking at a person, they've got these repetitive traumas all around the same theme of that particular need not being met. But in all of those circumstances, usually there's different ways that a person has to cope with it. And this creates actually an entire internal system that is essentially built around one primary unmet need. I'm gonna give you two examples and use these examples throughout the entire video to illustrate exactly what I mean. A little girl was in a family where she was always put in a position to have to fend for herself. She was the scapegoat in a family that didn't take ownership of her. She also lived in a very dangerous environment. Her core unmet need is to be fended for. But because there was no opportunity to meet this need, she had to simply deny, suppress and disown the need to be fended for. At the same time, as draw from within herself the ability to fend for herself completely. Because she was put in situations where she needed to fend for herself over and over again and many of those times had to find a new way or strategy to fend for herself, she developed several parts of herself who were hyper capable, hyper responsible and independent, etc. Because those were the ones that kept her safe, those are the ones she wears on the surface of her personality. Everyone sees her this way. To the opposite side of each of these parts is a part that is desperate to be fended for by someone else. And the more this occurs, the more this need becomes desperation. Her internal system is now a complex system built around the theme of fending for herself and the need to be fended for. A little boy was in a family that put all the pressure on him. He had to do everything for his lazy single mother who kept irresponsibly getting pregnant and making him take care of all of his younger siblings as well as her. His core unmet need is to be taken care of. But because there was no way for this need to be met, he had to simply deny, suppress and disown the need to be taken care of. At the same time as draw from within himself the ability to take all the pressure and responsibility and do everything for everyone else. Because he was put in the situation where he needed to carry everything and everyone else over and over again, and many of these times had to find new ways to do it. He developed several parts of himself that were hyper-responsible, that take everything on, that say yes instead of no, that are codependent, etc. Because those were the ones that kept him safe, those are the ones he wears on the surface of his personality. Everyone sees him this way. To the opposite side of each of these parts is a part that's desperate to be taken care of by someone else. And the more this occurs, the more this need becomes desperation. His internal system is now a complex system built around the theme of all the pressure being on him to do and be everything for everyone and the need to be taken care of. Okay, now that you've got that, ready for the next layer? (laughs) This deep unmet need becomes exactly what you're searching for in a primary partnership, especially. Maybe potentially in friendships as well. What this means is, is that the woman in our scenario is going to be searching desperately for a man to fend for her. The man in this scenario is going to be searching desperately for a woman to take care of him. Now, this desperate searching may take place on a subconscious level, so I'm not saying that most people are consciously aware that this is what they're desperately searching for. But, both of them will continue to end up in situations which are simply a repeat of the trauma. Meaning, the woman in our scenario is gonna continue to find herself in situations where she has to fend for herself. And the man in our scenario is gonna constantly find himself in relationships where he has to take everything on himself and be everything for everyone, period, the end. So why is this the case, you might ask? Stick with me. 1. The parts of self that we as people wear on the surface are essentially protector parts. We can call them that because they're on the surface, because that's what kept us safe. And that's what's actually attracting people. Here's the thing, the kind of man who's going to be attracted to a hyper-responsible, extra-capable, independent woman is not a man who's looking to fend for a woman. To the opposite, a woman who is looking for a man, who will take everything on, who wants to be everything to everyone, and who caretakes everyone around him, is not a woman who's looking to take care of a man. 2. When you've got one of these core unmet needs that traces back to childhood, chances are, it wasn't just that this need wasn't met. It's that the child was directly shamed for having that need in the first place. For example, the woman in our scenario was most likely shamed any time that she exhibited any behavior or any indication that she needed or wanted to be fended for. And the boy in our scenario would have been shamed or punished any time he demonstrated that he wanted to be taken care of. As a result, What the child learns is that there's no possible way to directly get this need met so the only opportunity for them to get this need met is to do it manipulatively or through the back door. If you want to learn more about how unmet needs lead to manipulation, watch my video titled, Meet Your Needs. For example, when she's a woman, this girl in our example may learn to try to get her need met by putting herself in situations that require rescue. When he's a man, this boy in our example may learn to try to get his need met by chronically coming up with excuses as to why he can't do something so that someone else will eventually get so sick of it not getting done that they do it themselves. 3. In alignment with this last point about manipulation, so many of us, people, get into relationships by sensing another person's need and stepping in as the person who's going to provide that need. Understanding that doing so is going to secure the relationship. It's true that some people go so far as to portray themselves as exactly the opposite of what they actually are because they sense that's what the other person wants and needs. This bait and switch dynamic is something that both codependents and sociopaths are absolutely famous for. But you don't actually have to be super dysfunctional and you don't actually have to be malicious or a bad person in order to pull this one off. In fact, a lot of well-meaning people pull this bait and switch dynamic totally subconsciously and without meaning to. When this happens, it's usually because of this. The person looking to get into a relationship sees that person as what they wear on the surface, but at the same time, that person may temporarily be displaying one of those unmet needs that is in the background. For example, a hyper-capable, super-responsible, independent woman might in the moment be exhibiting the fact that she has to be fended for in a specific situation. The parts of them that have compensated for their own unmet need are usually fully capable of meeting that need which the other person is currently displaying. In fact, being that way is what guaranteed them any closeness with their family growing up. So being that way in this new relationship situation is what they believe will secure the connection. Okay, so using our example, the man in our scenario, if he meets the woman in our scenario, sees her as this super capable, hyper responsible and independent woman. Even if, in the moment he meets her, she's pulling one of these rescue dynamics. He sees this as a temporary thing and this is the thing, because he spent his whole life fending for his mother, this is a need he knows how to meet. Not only does he have the confidence and skill to do this, because he did this for his mother his whole life, he has already learned that this is how he should go about securing relationships, because that's what secured his connection to his mother. So, he's gonna sense this opportunity and jump in as the rescuer to fend for her. He knows she will want to commit to him if he does that. But really, he's attracted to her because being so hyper capable, hyper responsible and independent, he imagines that if he rescues her or offends for her, she will be even more capable, responsible, confident and independent. Essentially, he might in a backdoor way, end up being with the woman he always dreamed of. A woman who's the opposite of his mom. A woman who takes the pressure herself and takes care of him. But is this what she's gonna see when he jumps in and offends for her? No she's gonna see a man who finally will fend for her. And I mean not just one time so she can go back to being independent. I mean she's found somebody who will fend for her forever. So this all seems to be going super well and they found each other finally until eventually the man realizes, wait a minute, she's gonna expect me to fend for her forever. Therefore, eventually when this man sees that what she really wants is to be fended for eternally, he realizes that this core unmet need of his is not gonna get met. So he sinks into a depression. He realizes the only way to get his needs met is to start manipulating and that's what he starts to do. He stops fending for her. And he starts to make excuses for why he can't do things so that she's back in the scenario of having to do them herself. Now pretty soon, she feels duped. Not only does he feel duped, she feels duped. He feels like he's back in his childhood situation again, she feels like she's back in her childhood situation again. She thought she was going to be with the man who was going to fend for her and yet she finds herself in a situation where yet again she has to fend for herself and him. And this is why I call this pattern the dupe pattern. Both people in this scenario feel duped. The man thought he was getting into a relationship with a woman who was hyper capable, hyper responsible and independent but ended up with a woman who needs to be fended for. The woman thought, She was getting into a relationship with a man who was hyper-responsible, would take everything on and really fend for her, but ended up with a man who leaves her to fend for herself and even for him. It may be of interest to know, that I've seen scenarios like this, that work one of two ways. I should say, they work both ways. I've seen scenarios where a person enters into a relationship, saying that what they're looking for, is in fact the exact opposite of what they are looking for. For example, I worked with a man once, who came into a woman's life saying, you know what, I'm going to be a provider for you like no man has ever provided for you before because no one's ever done that and it's so unfair. Of course, this man wasn't initially attracted to a woman who needed help financially, he was attracted to a financially independent woman because nobody had ever provided for her before. Essentially, he was very sensitive to the fact that she was desperate for the need of being provided for because no one had ever done that for her before. Now, of course, into the relationship, he flips this dynamic completely. And not only did he find an excuse to quit his job, he found a way to funnel money from her business that she owned herself into a business they owned together, so that he could justify legally taking half of the money that she earned through her business and funneling it into his private accounts. But I've also seen this pattern play out even when a person is directly saying exactly what they want in a relationship and need in a relationship. For example, I saw a man once who wanted to be a politician. His whole thing was about that next campaign and politicians really can't have spouses that have their own independent thing going. It's really hard to make a relationship work like that. So really what he was looking for and what most politicians are looking for is a partner who's willing to, you know, be really part of it and a partner who's willing to be financially provided for in exchange for really making their life about that career, about them. So he would enter into relationships, actually literally saying this, I mean telling every single woman, look, what I'm really looking for is a woman who really wants to like make my success and my career and my thing her focus and I'm gonna provide everything for her so she can do that. Yet, he acted exactly the opposite. Meaning, whenever he got into a relationship with a person or a woman, he would arrange his schedule around her and he would put tons of energy into whatever her aspirations were. So, he's sending the opposite message through his actions. When two people find themselves in this dupe pattern, what's happening is that this deep unmet need aspect of them is attracted to the coping mechanism in the other. But what does this mean? It means that anytime the unmet need is being met for one person, the unmet need is not being met for the other person. And this becomes a re-traumatization. So, using the scenario that we've been using or our examples, If the unmet need in the woman in our example, which is to be fended for, is being met, then he's not being taken care of, so his unmet need is not met. Now, if he's being taken care of by her, her unmet need, which is to be fended for, is not being met. Okay, so to understand a little bit more about how this attraction to the coping mechanism works, let's go back to our examples. The parts of the woman who need to be fended for are attracted to the parts of the man who coped by being hyper-responsible and taking care of everything but the real truth underneath that coping behavior is he wants to be taken care of. The parts of the man who wants to be taken care of are attracted to the parts of the woman who coped by being hyper-capable, hyper-responsible and independent, but the truth underneath that coping behavior is that she wants to be fended for. Obviously, because this essentially means that any time one of their unmet need is being met, the other one is in a starvation mode or re-traumatization mode, or both of them just simply don't meet the need for each other and end up totally re-traumatized in terms of deprivation to begin with, Obviously, this relationship devolves, not only into feeling duped, but feeling like there's no reason to be in the relationship until it ultimately dissolves. And then they wind up in the same pattern again with the very next person. So, full disclosure, I could do an entire e-course or an entire workshop just on this pattern alone, but I'm going to try to condense everything to a basically a super punch as to how to deal with this dynamic. First of all, Becoming aware of this pattern as well as that unmet need that's at the core of your being, is really the first step to fixing this issue. And in fact, it in and of itself does a lot for healing. Because this core unmet need of yours represents a trauma, it's going to be tied to your fight or flight system. This is going to be really primal stuff for you. So the chances of you being able to be really conscious and logical and rational around this unmet need is very, very small. In other words, it's going to exist like a great big trigger inside you. Just like somebody who has a severe abandonment trauma may react as if they're getting abandoned anytime somebody even just goes to the store for a couple of hours. (laughs) There may be scenarios in your life, once you become aware of this dynamic, that the second something happens, you're like, Oh no, I'm back there, I'm going to have to fend for myself if it's the girl in the scenario where oh my god, oh, oh no, I'm gonna have to take care of everything and everyone, when that actually isn't what's happening. Essentially, you may just be reacting to a reality that you alone perceive. Now, when you become aware of this pattern within you, or, and when you become aware of this deep unmet need, not only does this make it easier to meet that need directly in ways where you're actually going to be able to get that need met, but you're also going to wake up to the fact that, wait a minute, I may not be in the exact same situation as I was before. The girl in our scenario may realize, wait a minute, Maybe if this is happening, it doesn't necessarily automatically mean I have to fend for myself. And the boy in our scenario may actually realize, wait a minute, I'm not actually in a situation where I have to take care of absolutely everything. And maybe I'm actually choosing to do that in this life, it's not something that's being forced upon me. Becoming aware of this pattern causes you to see yourself in this pattern and be able to discern reality from projected trauma. And this in and of itself can actually cause healing and also calm the desperation and reactivity of both the part of you that has the unmet need and the part of you that learned to cope and function without that need getting met. To really solve this pattern, the part of you that has that unmet need and the part of you that learned how to cope without having that need being met, They need to come together and they need to reintegrate. Meaning that split has to come back together. They have to find an agreement and a way of existing that feels good to them both. All you need to know to be able to begin this work is what that need is. From there, my personal favorite way to create integration work in this regard is actually parts work. To learn how to do parts work, you can watch my video titled Parts Work. What is parts work and how to do it? Alternatively, you can find a therapist who's adept at parts work to help you with the process. Or, you can go to www.completionprocess.com and select a completion process practitioner who is specifically adept at parts work as well. During this process of integration, these currently polarized parts are likely to find an agreement or find a way of coming back together again. Now this harmonization causes your thoughts, your words, your actions, your choices, to change. When this occurs, you actually come more into alignment with getting that particular need met and it becomes obvious to you how to get that need met in much more conscious adult ways. On top of this, as that intense polarization inside you dissipates, you're not a match to partners who have the same intense form of polarization. Now that's really, really important because that decreases your likelihood of becoming a match or being attracted to somebody who's super hyperpolarized because of their coping mechanism. When people are severely polarized, it means they've had to split in order to cope. This means that exaggerated extreme you're attracted to may not be authentic. There may also be something else, even potentially the exact opposite thing hiding behind it. That part of their personality you're attracted to may just be a coping mechanism. Now, coping mechanisms, because they're not an exact accurate representation of the totality of who somebody is, tends to go away when someone heals or when they feel secure enough in a relationship to show that vulnerable side. Here's the reality, until someone becomes completely authentic, and they cannot become completely authentic until they completely know themselves, and they cannot completely know themselves until they completely integrate, is going to dupe other people. And they're not going to be duping other people, necessarily because they're a bad person, or because there's something super wrong with them. They're going to be duping people because they're actually duping themselves every day without even knowing it. Being alive implies the process of self-discovery. When you commit to a relationship, what you're ultimately committing to is embarking on this process of self-discovery, but together. In other words, if we're all on this process of self-discovery, you're not going to shake hands with somebody that knows themselves completely. All you have is a range of probabilities that a person is who they think they are or who they say they are. Therefore, I'm going to leave you with a truth that I want you to consider. It's going to fly up against the Disney fairy tale of relationships but it's going to pull you more into reality of universal relationships and what relationships are really meant for. There is no possible way to guarantee 100% that the person you meet, the person you befriend, the person you date, or the person you marry, is actually the person that they think they are, or even say they are.